For those of you that don't know me, my name is Jonah Fetzer. I pastor up in St. Croix Falls at the RVFM Lighthouse Church up there. And uh, I have been pastor there since 2013. You do the math. <clears throat> um, it's my privilege to be here this morning. You know, God's already moved. Like, I call that a, a successful service. And we could just go home. But God has more. God has more. <clears throat> and hopefully more than what I think or imagine. Says he does. Says oh, more than we can think or imagine. We can imagine quite a bit sometimes. He can imagine more. <clears throat> It's been on my heart and it's been my desire to come back and to minister to you. Uh, a while back, I was on vacation. I came here and my intent was not to minister, but I was on vacation. But God doesn't always see things that way. <laughs> so I shared a word with you guys. God gave me a word. And that there was an invitation for you guys to enter in to His glory, into His presence. That He wanted to... There's an invitation for you guys to have the glory of God manifested in your services. <clears throat> and I felt like I needed to do some explaining and to help you enter into that. Because it's kind of a nebulous idea Okay, well, what's the glory? What's, how do we do that? What, what do you do? What do you do when God says something like that? He, God speaks spiritually. And then our brains get engaged and we go, huh? What? And we need help learning how to walk by the Spirit. <clears throat> so God gave us some apostles some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And so I'm here to equip you for what it is that God's given to you. He's given you this opportunity. And so I want to, I want to share a little story and some of the things that, that God has kind of talked to me about the glory. And I remember, that uh, was many years ago, Pastor John had asked me to go to a prayer meeting with him and so I went, and uh, a little bit of run-up to this is um, I had been really striving to speak for God, to really, okay, God, what do you want to do? What do you want me to say? How am I involved? And I was really struggling with, I wanted to speak what God wanted to say. I wanted to, to uh, be in the flow with God, and I was really striving. But I kept not getting there. I kept missing it, and I was getting really frustrated. And so I had said, I said, I am not saying anything. <laughs> Nothing. I'm just going to go, and I'm going to pray, and I'm not going to worry about it. So, <clears throat> sometimes God's waiting for us to stop so He can use us. So here I am. We go to this prayer meeting. <clears throat> the only, well, I knew a couple of people. I only know Pastor John. In all reality, the only person I knew there was Pastor John. He invited me to come. These people didn't know me. I didn't know them. 
And I'm sitting there and they start talking, they're, they're praying, and some people get up and they start talking about the glory of God. And they start talking about, you know, the, the, we're wanting to see more of the glory of God in the churches and, and there needs to be more glory of God and we're beginning to see the glory of God. And all, the whole, as they started, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. And then, you know, I started writing down a bunch of stuff, a bunch of stuff God had given me. I need to look something up, looked it up. And then I got up and I shared. First time, didn't know these people. And so what I shared, I got up, I said, Ichabod. For those of you more seasoned, understand that word. Those that you don't, Ichabod comes from a, a point in Scripture where God had told them to name their child Ichabod because Ichabod, because the glory of God had departed. That was the meaning of the name. The glory of God had departed. And here I am getting up and saying Ichabod. Be careful what you wish for. <clears throat> but God didn't, you know, this is a great thing about God. It wasn't a condemning word. It really wasn't. Because that was the beginning. God told, God said, Ichabod, my glory has departed. You know what? God's glory has departed from many churches. It's no longer evident in the churches of God. Why? And that's what God gave me. He gave me a key to that. I gotta figure out where I wrote it. Okay. It's because it's further down in my notes. I haven't even got to any scriptures yet. <clears throat> The, the reason the glory has departed is the same reason it departed from Israel. They stopped honoring God. They stopped honoring God. <clears throat> so the, the name, the term comes from 1 Samuel 4.21. And she named the child Ichabod saying, the glory has departed from Israel because the ark of God had been captured and because the fathers, because her father-in-law and her husband. The glory of God had departed because the ark of God had been captured. What is the ark of God? In, in the Old Testament, the ark of God was where the presence of God resided. It was considered the physical, tangible reality of God on the earth. It was His presence, His ark. It's where the covenant was. It's where the promises were. That's the thing that stood in the Holy of Holies, where only the high priest, after he had been sanctified, could go in. And they weren't even sure he could do it, so they tied a rope around him just in case he died. I mean, it was, it was the presence of God. You didn't mess around with the presence of God but the presence of God had been stolen. You see the correlation here? The presence of God, the ark of God, had been stolen from the churches. It's been stolen. It's gone. The ark of God is a representation of God on earth who is Jesus. The ark of God, the the. The Ark of the Covenant is a representation of Jesus. The very presence, the very manifestation, God on earth. And when 
the ark is stolen, and the ark of the covenant, when that manifestation is stolen, the glory of God departs. Jesus is the manifestation of God on this earth. God said, I can't get my message across to my people clear enough, so I need to send myself. When we see Jesus, we see God. The presence of God is wrapped up in that Ark of the Covenant. The Covenant. It was always wrapped up in the Covenant. We have a new Covenant. We're not under the old Covenant. We're under a new Covenant. We still have a Covenant. And when Israel violated the Covenant, they ended up in a place where they began to suffer loss, to suffer lack. They began to be... uh, taken down by their enemies, things got stolen from, they got destroyed because they separated themselves from the covenant. We have a covenant. The covenant takes two people to agree, right? Point of a covenant. We have a covenant with Jesus. Jesus said, I will, if you believe. Believe in me, and I will. I mean, there's... The reason I only say I will is because there's so much there. I'm leaving that open because there's so much that God promises that he will do when we're in covenant. But when we break covenant, we step away from that blessing. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. God didn't leave nor forsake Israel. He always brought them back. But they missed out on the blessing They missed out on the presence of God. They missed out on the glory of God. They missed out on the provision of God. They missed out on the victory of God. They missed out on the glorious presence of Almighty God and His favor in their nation. What is glory? What is glory? It's a good question. It's kind of a, ooh, glory. Glory. And we don't really, oh, maybe you guys have, but I, you know, you don't necessarily think about these things. So glory, the Hebrew word is kavod. I'm probably saying it wrong, but, and it's, it means honor, glorious, abundance, riches, splendor, glory, dignity, reputation, reverence, There's a lot there, isn't there? That's kind of why it's an all-encompassing word. There's a lot there. The the dictionary gives it this way. The English dictionary defines glory as praise, honor, and a a distinction extended by common consent, renown. Worshipful praise, honor, and thanksgiving given to God. Something that secures praise or renown and the glory of, the, of a brilliant career. Distinguishing a quality of ascent. The glory of the city is its Gothic cathedral. There's a couple of things in scriptures that you can look to. Proverbs 17.6 Children's children are the crown of the old men, and the glory of the children is their father. The glory 
of the children is their father. My dad can take your dad. <laughs> Kids look up to their, their parents and their, their fathers. They look at their fathers and they see their fathers as this great man, this great person, someone to emulate, someone to be like. Fathers, make sure you're emulating Jesus. Make sure you're representing him because your kids will look to you and they won't want to be like you. Why? Nature. It, it's, it's inborn in all of us to want to be like our father. <clears throat> uh, Proverbs 19.11 The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger and his glory is to overlook transgression. His glory is to overlook transgression. Proverbs 20 and 29. The glory, of a young, the glory of young men is their strength, and the splendor of old men is their gray hair. The glory of young men is their strength. Glory is that which distinguishes you in renown. Uh... If you're, you watch the Olympics and you see these people, the people that operate in the Olympics, their glory is their ability to operate that kind of sport, to do those kind of things, to physically compete at that level. That's their glory. You listen to a very, very good singer who has a wonderful voice. Her, that glory is their voice. That which distinguishes them. We're talking about the glory of God. We're talking about having the presence of God manifested. In order to have the presence of God manifested, we need to glorify Him. If you want to enter into this promise of seeing the glory of God manifested in your services, you need to learn to lift and exalt what glorifies Him. What glorifies Him? God is love. To glorify Him. God, You are love. You are, you are love. And Lord, I could not love if You did not exist. Without You, there is no such thing as love. I don't have the capacity to love without You, Lord. That's glory to God. His faithfulness is a distinction. He is faithful without measure. God, you are so faithful even when I am not. Even when I have done some incredibly dumb things, you have always been there with me. You have never left me. You have never left me. I don't care what the devil says. You have never left me. You see the glory there? You see where the enemy starts to get in? God's glory is His power. God, You are from beginning to end. There's nothing that You don't know about. There's nothing that is beyond Your ability to handle. Lord, I thank You. I thank You that this situation isn't that big, that this situation isn't as terrible as I think, that You have the answer and You have the power to back it up. I thank You, Lord, that You have the answer. I know I don't. I know I don't, but You do. And I trust You. Glory to God. And when we begin to have that attitude, 
of beginning to glorify God over glorifying our circumstances, it's beginning to be manifested. It begins in you. It begins in you. You are the temple of the living God. I know I've got it in here. See, I'm so ahead of myself. We pick it up in uh, the Gospel of John eleven twenty. It says the glory which you gave me, I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one. That's Jesus speaking to his disciples. Are you a disciple of Jesus? Then you qualify. The glory which you gave me, I give to them, that they may be one just as we are one. First, uh, John 1, chapter 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. And the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. The glory that He gave us is to be children. That we are now sons and daughters of God. We are sons and daughters of God. And it also says that we are the temples. What dwells in a temple? We talked about this. The Ark of the Covenant dwelled in the temple. What dwells in you? The presence of God. Jesus himself. I will make an abode with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He dwells in you. We are the children of God. And what did I say about children? They want to be like who? If you're a child of God, what do you want to be like? (laughs) That is so good. I didn't even plan that. (laughs) You want to be like the Father. You want to be like the Father. And you know what? Your Father is glory to you. Because the Father is the glory of the children. My dad is so good. My dad is so good. My father is so loving and so kind. He has such a desire to see your lives operate in the fullest. He wants to see you fulfill the absolute potential of your life all the way to the end. He loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you so much that He sent Himself down here to show you what He's like so that we could see Him, that we could behold Him, that we could hear Him, that we could touch Him. And if we want that glory to be manifested, we need to begin to see it inside of us. 
Because when that glory then begins to rise up and it begins to fill us, it spills out. And when it begins to spill out of you, in a service, it begins to coalesce. It begins to come together. It becomes manifested as it flows out of you, as you begin to honor and glorify and worship the living God, as in your heart, not, not by word or action, but by your heart, with an absolute heart towards God, and your actions line up with your heart, glory is manifested. And you want to see powerful services, you, see, you get services where the glory of God is manifested. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be laying on the floor, passed out in the presence of God. The glory of God manifests differently depending on what He's doing. And we need to be open to that. Rejoice in the presence of God. Recognize what it is. We had a presence of God in a service just recently. It was different in my church. It was different. And I said, what's going on here, Lord? And I recognized what it was. There was a strength to it. You know, it wasn't just the presence of God, but there was a strength to it. And I said, there is, there is a unique presence of God here, and there is strength in it for you that are going through hard times and dealing with stuff. There's a stability to it that you can grab onto and trust in. Sometimes God's presence manifests like that, and you can grab a hold of it and say, thank you, God, for this manifestation. Thank you, God, for helping me to see it and be able to receive what I need. Because in services, there's going to be people who are in need. Most of the time, I pray that it's not you. And then you can outpour. You can let it flow out of you, the presence of God, to let it minister and to help. But there's those times when we need help and we can receive. And others can pour in. But if everybody's here and everybody's taking, then there's nothing left. Because nobody's giving. We don't come to church just to get. We come to give. To give of our time. To give of our heart. To give of our faith. To give of our compassion. And to give of the love of Jesus above all things. <clears throat> Second, Second Chronicles, chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were all one to make one sound to be heard in the raising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted their voice with the trumpet and the cymbal and the instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For God is good, for His mercy endures forever, that the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not continue to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. <clears throat> there are times when the presence of God comes in and God says, no, me, I'm going to do it. Nobody needs to minister. 
Nobody needs to do anything because God's doing it. But how did it happen? How did it happen? One accord. One accord as they worshipped God. We were, we were in, in that this morning. We, we were becoming of one accord as we began to worship God and His presence was being manifested in our midst. This is what God wants to do. And I'll just tell you, what we experienced this morning was just a drop in the bucket compared to what He wants to do. But you have to be willing... (laughs) You have to be willing to get in line. You have to be willing to come together for a common purpose and a common goal. To put aside differences, to put aside frustration and anger, to put aside your irritation with the people that you come in contact with and say, this is, it's not worth, it's not worth it. The presence of God is fundamentally more important than my frustration and irritation. What time do we normally get out? Hmm? (laughs) Whenever? Whenever? Keep going? Okay. If there's more, I'm not sure what it is yet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your majesty. Thank you for your honor. Lord, your glory, your glory, your glory. Lord, help us to get it. Help us to understand it. Help us to know how to and see how to enter in. All right. Last night uh, during the the RVFM worship, there was... um, I was in the Spirit and God showed me some things. And I want to relay some of that to you because I think it kind of fits into all of this. And we began to worship. And as we began to worship, I entered into the Spirit and I began to see things through my Spirit. How do you see by your Spirit? How do you see with your eyes? I look and I see. But I don't look with my eyes. I see with my Spirit. It's a different sort of sight. So in my Spirit, I began to see and as we were worshiping, I, I, I saw my body crumple. I mean, that's the best way to describe it. Just crumple to the floor and just shed it. And it was a sacrifice. I wasn't going to let that control me. I wasn't going to let that have dominion over me. All of my, my fears, my anxieties, all of my my sinful issues, all of my inability, all of my pride, all of my accolades, all the good work I've done, everything that identified me as me, I let it go in the world, in the flesh. I let it go. And it was just me standing there, the spiritual me. And I could see when that happened, I could see I stood above the world I stood above the things of this world and I could see the heavens 
and I could see the throne of God off in the distance, and there was nothing between me and that throne. And we continued to worship, and we continued to worship. But I started to say to myself, God, I want to get closer to the throne. I want to, I want to be closer to your presence. I want to be in your presence. There was nothing between me and God. There was nothing. Okay? When you, when you choose to sacrifice yourself, when you choose to not let those things hold on to you, there's nothing between you and God. And as we are worshiping, there came a point when <clears throat> I knelt down before God, and the minute I did, I was before the throne of God. When I chose to humble myself and stop looking at what I wanted, what I wanted to do, what I, me, and God became more important to me than me, I was there in His presence. I was right there. And we were worshiping and we're glorifying God. And it was so awesome. And then we kept worshiping and then we, we started uh, singing worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. <clears throat> I saw God stand up on His throne. to acknowledge and honor us. And <laughs> I started asking God, I'm like, God, you want me to share this? He says, not yet, I'm not done. I'm like, okay. And then as we were worshiping, I saw him take a horn and he, he was putting it up to his lips. And he said, I'm about to declare that you are mine. And let all, all know that you belong to me. <clears throat> when we do the word, when we do the word, here's the word. We are called to be a living sacrifice. The first stage is living sacrifice. That we submit ourselves, our, our physical being, our physical wills and desires, and what it is that we want to do to God. We lay it aside. Say, so it doesn't matter what bad I've done or what good I've done. It's on, the, it's on the altar to be consumed by the presence of God. And then when we do the word, God is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. He's looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And then when we begin to worship him in our spirit and truly out of our spirit, that he becomes more important than us. Then, then he acknowledges us as His, His own, His children. To be acknowledged by God Almighty is an awesome thing. 
It's a stamp of approval. It's a it's an indication. You know, and when you come into God's presence like that, you know what happens? You change. You change. And that's the ultimate point of the glory of God. The manifestation of the glory of God in services is that you change. And you become like Him. And that when we leave here, people remark and say, something's different about them. There's something about them that just is more. What is it about you? Hello? Open door. (laughs) To declare the goodness of God. And to let them know God's looking for children to adopt. He's looking for children to adopt. You know, children, adopted children, there's issues. But God's not afraid of them. Neither should we. There's many people out there that God's ready to adopt. But they need to see God in us. They need to see God in us because they can't see God in the Bible. They don't read the Bible. They're not going to see God on TV. No matter how good the show is or how biblical it tries to be, they're not going to see Jesus in it. Because Jesus isn't in a program. Jesus is in people. He's in you. You are the one that has the responsibility and the right to declare the goodness of God. Angels don't even have that right. They can't preach the gospel. Only you can. And if we don't do it, it doesn't get done. 